0: Hi everyone. I'm Rosemarie Miller here with Derek Saul, a breaking news reporter here at Forbes, here to tell us if weight loss drugs like Ozempic will affect fitness stocks. Thank you so much for joining me today, Derek.
1: Yeah, excited to talk.
0: So, Derek, will they affect fitness stocks?
1: Short answer: Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think it's it's very very early on in terms of adoption, um, and I think. We'll, we'll get into this more, but I think exercise stocks would definitely be kind of a effect we would see later down the line if it's, okay, now once person is starting these drugs, then how's their behavior going to change? Um, but based on my research, the answer is yes.
0: so why are analysts suggesting that it might be beneficial for the fitness sector?
1: Yeah, so I would say it's twofold. Um, one, and again, it's early. Um, but research has suggested there's a Morgan Stanley report that was out saying that Ozempic and other weight loss drug users that they are exercising more frequently um, and not to, not to try to play it too much of a armchair psychologist. But I think it's okay if, if a person is wanting to make a change um, and lose weight that They're likely going to also be engaging in behaviors that would promote other health. Want to exercise to maintain that weight loss, whether they're or whether it's after they're done with taking the drug, Mm -hmm. um, or while they're still on and want to see more results. Um, And so the the second part is that if we're seeing people exercise more, that's going to be a good thing um, for places that rely on gym memberships and other uh, spending related to fitness um so yeah i mean again it's it is early stages but i think kind of that knee-jerk reaction might be oh if a ton of people are taking weight weight loss drugs they're not going to exercise you know it's kind of Taking the maybe the the easier road, but early signs do indicate that the opposite is true.
0: Well, speaking of gyms, gyms are thinking about integrating it into their gym offerings. What are some of the implications? And could you just talk about that more?
1: Yeah. So, to zoom out a bit first, too. um, So, gym stocks are pretty limited. Um, Lifetime Fitness and Planet Fitness are both publicly traded. Lifetime Fitness, a higher end option, and they have discussed a little bit about piloting a program for members to work with a whole integrated approach of whether it's nurse practitioners, other medical staff that would be employed by lifetime and then mm-hmm. helping members to that would qualify to go on the drugs through that. Um so that's again, they're that beginning a pilot program. So it would be hard to forecast that into near-term earnings. Um, but I think that's a good example too of, okay, like this is a big trend that clearly these big fitness companies are thinking a lot about and trying to get ahead of things. Um, but yeah, I think for fitness stocks generally, and then if you're to to zoom out a little more of stocks that would kind of be affected by changes in consumer behavior, um, this is something that's starting to starting to drive discussions. Um, and you're, you're starting to see it mentioned in earnings calls. but it is it's still very early stages again to kind of reflect in near term financials. but it's very much something that's on the top of mind of people that are covering these companies and within these companies.
0: So, do you think this could be a positive thing for athletic apparel companies like Lululemon?
1: Yeah. So, one of the analysts um, I spoke to, Simeon Siegel at BMO, um, he mentioned that he he covers both fitness stocks and stocks like Lululemon, Nike, um, and yeah, it's kind of again, it's working. He he mentioned of uh, you know you're looking at multiple derivatives of behaviors of so again, if it's okay, like if first if a earlier impact of a would be oh, people are losing their appetite, then it would make sense if you're seeing, oh no, like uh, you know, packaged food stocks or or junk food stocks are going to take a more immediate hit because if people are just eating less, then that's going to immediately impact their sales. Whereas, yeah, if you're if you're going to okay, how is behavior going to change? Um, again, that's kind of another derivative out. But yeah, I think with kind of following that same psychological line of thought for these takers of these drugs Mm -hmm. is well one and this is a little simplistic but if you are losing weight and changing your clothing sizes that obviously (laughs) makes you makes you uh, more in the market for new clothing but I think it's again if, if we are seeing that people that are taking these drugs are more focused on fitness, um, and more focus on their physical appearance, um, that they likely would be turning of, okay, I'm going to get in on that leisure craze, um, versus, you know, okay, I'm going to dedicate maybe the, the same amount of my clothing budget to, to just straight work clothing or jeans. Like, you know, you're, you're probably going to want to, Get clothing that would reflect uh, those changes in lifestyle.
0: And that's true, but Lululemon ain't cheap. I'll say that. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, there's some stretch. If you're going down sizes, you want you want something that'll go down with you a little bit, a little stretch. Yeah, and I
1: think, <laughs> I mean, it's funny you mentioned with Lululemon being expensive, but um, a, another analyst that I talked to at Piper Sandler, um, Corinne Wolfmeyer, she mentioned how especially people where if it's purely for weight loss, if it's not covered by insurance, um, if you're willing to spend a couple thousand dollars per month um, on a drug, you're probably uh, have enough money around to be spending more on luxury treatments. Um, And I think going back to fitness topics specifically, Mm -hmm. but. And Planet Fitness, has it has been mentioned that Ozempic's probably going to be a good thing for the business, but what um, Corinne did mention was that the Planet Fitness customer base is probably not too much in the Venn diagram of people that would have thousands of dollars sitting around to Mm. be spending on this and that because it's not targeting as high end of a customer that's like super, super invested into gyms and exercise and weight loss, that Planet Fitness is probably not the exact target demographic. I think that's also why, again, very, very early. But I think that's why you're you're probably seeing of, okay, like lifetime where they're targeting people that are already spending $200 a month on a gym membership, Mm -hmm. that they're probably going to, for better or worse, more directly weighed into the situation.
0: That makes sense. Well, Derek, how has uh, the sales of weight loss drugs, how's that contributed to the valuations of pharmaceutical companies?
1: Yeah, so honestly, it's been a comp- it's been very interesting Of we've really seen that these weight loss drug manufacturers have become the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. Novo Nordisk, which makes Ozempic and Wegovi, um, and, Eli Lilly, which is American company, um, which produces Manjaro, um, they've seen sales explode pretty exponentially. Um, I know Ozempic sales are up 58% year over year, um, profits for the company as a whole have exploded. But I think what's been very interesting too is there's um, been a decline in sentiment for COVID vaccine makers because as they've seen. Profits and sales related to COVID products decline like Pfizer um, and in turn we've seen Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk, um, which is based out of Denmark, um, explode and they're worth hundreds of billions of dollars and um, very much on the the upswing. I think both of their stocks are up about 60 to 70 percent over the last 12 months, which um, well outperforms the broader market.
0: Yes, it does. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Derek. Thank you so much. Absolutely.